VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to be interviewing a couple of folks, and the first one is coming to us from Syracuse, New York. Uh, we're going to be talking to Joel Delmonico, and he works for Clear Channel Radio, but they have a really unique green initiative out on the East Coast, and we're going to be talking to him. We're also going to be talking to Faber Dewar, and for those of you who watch the Learning Channel's Trading Spaces, the star of that show, Faber Dewar, will be joining us in the second half of the hour. He's going to be talking to us about some of the things he's been doing to go green. He's a very green guy, and so we're going to have a lot of fun on today's Go Green Radio episode. Um, today, we're going to start off with Joel Delmonico. Welcome, Joel. Hey, thanks, Joel. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you on Go Green Radio. Now, I am really excited for you to share this information that I know about, thanks to some of your folks sharing this with me, but the Amos Project is something you've started out of the Clear Channel Radio out there in Syracuse. Tell us about Amos. Okay. It's, um, it's really a response to what I think we all know is going on right now. And as each day goes by, it gets a little bit uh, more important, I think, that we come up with these solutions um, to create, uh, you know, alternative energy sources. If you if you kind of pull all the strings that we're working with, what's going on in Wall Street, you know, what's going on, uh, um, uh, the wars that we're fighting, and you really you kind of get back to the importance of energy independence. And obviously, we're not new to that. I think everyone recognizes that. And if you look at what a company like Clear Channel has, and here in this in this local market especially, we have a, um, a great um, a battery of media resources. We're not just radio. We have radio. We have internet. We have, um, um, you know, digital signage, all kinds of different ways of, I, the way I put it, we sort of have a, have a big mouth. And if you think, <laughs> yeah, right, right, we have a way of getting the story out that um, uh, reaches a whole lot of people. And so, you know, looking at how could we take these resources and really, um, um, you know, create opportunity for people here in central upstate New York, and, it, and it, it covers a wide range. We call it the creative core, but it's kind of from Rochester to Albany, and if you know your New York State geography from way up north all the way down to the Pennsylvania border. And when you look at what what um, we bring to the table in this region, we have the second highest concentration of um, secondary uh, education institutions, many of whom, like Cornell and Colgate and Syracuse University and the SUNY system, they're, 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 they all have these groundbreaking projects in uh, uh, green technology and methods of sustainability. But like many, I think, um, um, Rust Belt markets, if for want of a better way of saying it, we've had a whole lot of separate things going on. You know, I, I liken it to a, a pot of boiling water. I love to cook. I think you probably do, too. <laughs> I do. Uh, you put water on the stove. You know, if you turn the heat up a little bit, you get a bubble here and a bubble here, and they just kind of sit there, but they don't really do anything. And that's kind of what this 
um, initiative has been like here. There have been all these great little individual disconnected uh, pieces of research, um, you know, new innovations, that sort of thing. So what we said was, we're in this unique position to kind of bring all these things together, turn the heat up, so now all of a sudden you kind of blow the lid off the pot, so to speak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really send a message out uh, to the rest of the country, you know, to the globe about um, the unique resources and the unique programs that we've got here that are dealing with this issue. And the purpose then, you know, it's, we, we, we talk about it's kind of like campaign headquarters mm-hmm. to uh, create this leadership position for central upstate in this um, in green technologies and sustainability issues. And um, so we, we rented a space uh, in an old Erie Canal era building, which is where the name comes from. It was one of the first mayors of Syracuse built was Jacob Amos, and he built this beautiful old building. And the Erie Canal literally ran right out in front of it. And um, we have um, built it out to commercial, uh, um, lead commercial standards. Uh, we're in application now. We haven't gotten the award yet, but it looks like we're going we're gonna to qualify for silver, maybe gold. Great. And we, and we built in this enormous amount of cool, cool technology. We have a, we have a film on the front window that as you're walking by on the street, um, we turned the front window into a touch screen. So you can kind of, you know, like what, what they're doing on CNN now where they're moving stuff around and so on. Uh-huh. You, can, you can communicate to the street audio and visual information. And it's kind of a gimmick, but it draws a lot of attention. Um, uh, and, you know, just sort of program this, if you can picture this Erie Canal era storefront window. Um, then on the inside, there are a number of, um, of flat panel screens uh, that, that um, can... Uh, 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 flat panel screens, and there's also a, a smart board. And the idea is, is that we create this um, sort of show like when I was a kid, I expected to see at Epcot, you know, the kind of thing that you, yeah. you, you walk in, you sit down, fasten your seatbelt, take a deep breath, and look at all of the things that are going on in this region. And they're significant. Um, like you've created kind of a one-stop shopping opportunity for people to find out um, exactly. what's going on in the area. It's not that you are creating new content. No. That's what these universities are doing, and you are collating it for consumption. We're, we're, we're we're grabbing it, and we have, we have, you know, and, I, and I'm sure that um, your listeners from other uh, other markets are thinking, well, you know, we have these unique assets here as well. In in Central Upstate, it focuses on bioenergy. We've got uh, SUNY ESF, the forestry school up at Syracuse University, that's doing really cool things with um, biodiesel, biofuels, biomass. You know, really creating um, some interesting experiments there. Um, the whole thing with renewable energy photovoltaics, geothermal, you know, the big, the big kind of catchwords right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of neat uh, research and development going on here. And um, uh, one of the other really big things is indoor air quality. We have the uh, Center of Excellence, New York State, um, uh, developed these centers of excellence in, uh, here in, in Central Upstate. It focuses on indoor air quality, which is a big, huge issue oh, yeah. um, now, and, and also in, in uh, water um, quality and filtration and so on. There's such a lack of clean water. We happen to be surrounded by it here, but we have a great expertise in that. So it's, it's, it's bringing together in a physical space as well as a virtual space. We're working on content now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll be able to access this content through the Internet as well. So this so is for, something that our listeners across the nation 
and around the world could actually tap into at yes. some point. When do you expect that to be available? Well, we're, we're, we're months away from that. Um, mm-hmm. We had, what I, I didn't mention, one of the big, huge, you know, sort of cool things going on here. There's a, a construction project called Destiny USA, yeah. and we've been partners uh, from the very beginning. I think you've heard about this. Well, they were actually on our show a few weeks ago, and that Great. is really exciting. Lead platinum standards, zero um, fossil fuels being built on. It's the biggest construction site of its kind in the United States. It's being built this way. And they're, they're reinventing everything as they go along. It is absolutely exciting. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, right now the, the financial, um, uh, in, uh, you know, crisis has made it, has slowed the construction up to the point they were, they were going to be in the ground with the first of five hotels. But this, when this is done, they're building out a million square feet right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. When it's done, it will be a, a global tourism destination. Mm-hmm. And, and not just a mall, but a really, really cool, um, really research and development um, facility that will be all cutting-edge technology. Mm-hmm. It's really innovative that way. And, and when I was out in the summer and um, met with Destiny USA and the mayor's office and several yeah. other entities, I was really amazed. I mean, I live near Silicon Valley in California, and so yep. we kind of think we've got it going on, and we do yeah. in many ways. But the fact is, over there in Syracuse, you guys are really coming along. And, and in some ways, especially with what you're talking about, there's nothing like that here. And, and what Destiny USA is doing, that's really, really cutting edge first in class in this in this idea of, and thank you I, I agree this idea of bringing everyone together um, so that there's not there's not a lot of um, you know territoriality and you know you know the, the one great thing that a company like Clear Channel can do and media can do is bring it to the common man that's why you know I mentioned this this storefront window um, Rick Fedrizi, who's the founder of the U.S. Green Building Council, and as I think you probably know, he lives in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's the guy that hosts Green Build. Uh, there's 40,000 people signed up for it this year in Boston. He said to me, this is the coolest thing because he said, this isn't going to work until we get it down um, to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, you can talk about sustainability. You can talk about you know, go green and, and, you know, kind of have it up there. But, but, but until people understand that it, it's an opportunity for the United States to regain leadership, to yeah. regain respect across the world, to come up with solutions and to sell them to China, you know, to sell them to uh, the rest of the world and say, you can live like us. You just don't have to make the mess we did on the way up. <laughs> exactly. And, you know? This, you know, this is so so similar to the whole spirit of the Go Green Initiative. And, of course, you know, Joel, that our listeners um, have been hearing me talk about the summit that I'm bringing to Syracuse. Every year, the Go Green Initiative puts on our annual international summit. This year, we're bringing it to Syracuse. It's been out in uh, California the past three years, and next year, we'll be taking it to Texas. But this year, we're going to be in Syracuse. And the Go Green Initiative is very similar. Before I wrote that program, what we were seeing was a lot of environmental education programs out there that were... Um, very yeah. pigeonholed. You know, they might exactly. be just about recycling, just about composting. The Go Green Initiative brings all of that under one umbrella so that school communities can get kind of the same thing you're offering, one-stop yeah. shopping for all the topics they want to cover. And it sounds like you're creating a similar opportunity. 
yeah, I can't wait to get you there because you'll see, I think you'll get a feel, you know, we have enough of the content going now. It's not really, quote, open for business yet, although we've hosted a couple of really cool receptions. And one of the biggest things that's going to happen is people are going to do business there. And that's really, in the end, what this is about is creating creating jobs, um, creating hope for the future, right. you know, creating opportunity for our kids. And and doing it in a doing it in a way that, like I said, is just how can you argue with this? You know, I mean, we're, right. we're smart. We have the technology. We have the vision. Let's just do it and stop. You know, uh, you know, going through committee to try to figure out how to do it. Exactly. And and what do you see as your target audience? I mean, who do you hope is going to be consuming well, this? The, this knowledge okay. you're putting together. Well, again, I'll, I'll go back to there's two there's two you know quick answers to that, and and the first one is um, we have I told you the highest concentration of, of um, colleges and universities, the second highest to I think the first highest is out where you are, right? Mm-hmm. So we have all these really smart kids, and they're not just coming from the United States; they're coming from all over the world, and then they're leaving here. Right. Mm -hmm. So one thing I picture us using this for is bringing the junior electrical engineering class from Syracuse University down there and saying, "Okay, you guys, before you leave this region, watch this, you know, take this five minutes and your heart's going to be, you know, pumping faster than it ever did. And Mm -hmm. look at the opportunity here, A, the affordable uh, housing costs, the fact that you can go fly fishing 10 minutes from anywhere where you are. You know, it's a beautiful place to live. And, um, uh, you know, there's great opportunity here, but we've kept it a secret too long. Well, and the second we don't thing want to is, keep it a secret anymore. And, in fact, no. Joel, I'm hoping that you'll join us again on Go Green Radio um, because it's been a delight having you on. Thank you so much for coming on. Will you join us again? I absolutely will. I'd love great. to do it. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Excellent. Don't go All away, right. folks. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio after this. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey. 
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm your host, Jill Buck, and I am thrilled to death to have our next guest with us. He's a friend of mine, and he has got a really unique perspective that I know you're going to enjoy. His name is Faber Dewar. For those of you who watch the Learning Channel and Trading Spaces, he is the star of that show, our favorite carpenter on TV. But he's also much, much more than uh, an expert carpenter. He is a green businessman. He knows an awful lot about green uh, technology, green um, issues, and he's going to talk to us about some of the things that he's been doing outside of the show um, to help promote a more environmentally responsible world. He was one of the speakers at my International Go Green Earth Summit last year, and he was amazing. And I'm so pleased to welcome Faber. Thank you for joining us on Go Green Radio. Thanks for asking me to come, Jill. It's nice to speak with you again. You too. Well, last year you blew our socks off. You came to the 2007 Go Green Earth Summit, and you gave an amazing presentation on plastics. I remember that you talked about the health effects of consuming food and beverages from plastic. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you spoke about in that presentation. Well, it was interesting during that presentation. I gave some sort of facts which which I thought were pretty rudimentary and pretty common knowledge, but... Um, a lot of your audience at that seminar were actually teachers, and they came up to me afterwards telling me that there was a lot of information which they had heard just for the first time during that speech that I gave. So it, it, really, is, it really is fascinating to me that so many people are not aware of it, and I'm, and I'm going around and practically to everyone I meet telling them and giving them the lowdown on the information which I spoke about during that talk. It's so true. I mean, I know that even I was astounded by some of the facts. I hadn't seen those. And, and you talked about, you know, what can happen to, to food and, and to beverages that are stored in plastic containers and the health effects. Tell our listeners more about that because it was really fascinating. Well, listen, bef- before I start ranting and raving, and I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I will because I find it absolutely terrifying, I first I, I would like to say a couple of very beneficial things about the plastics industry. Namely that, you know, when plastics were invented in 1953, it saved lives, literally. I mean, there are things that we just could not do and lives that we couldn't save if plastics were not around today. Mm-hmm. Um, what's happened now, unfortunately, is it's like a runaway train. Plastics have become so all-pervasive in our society, and consequently our society has become such a, a throwaway society, everything gets packaged in a bag and then that bag gets put into another bag. You know when you go to the stores how many bags you come home with. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I think people need to be made aware of of the two points. The first point is that plastic in our landfills will not go away. It's it's a finite resource and it's not going to go away. And secondly, and possibly more importantly to the individual listening, plastics are killing people. Plastics are damaging. There's a number of plastics that our foods and our beverages are stored in, wrapped in, and placed in, which leach into the food and uh, are carcinogenic, are causing... And, and I've got long tables and lists of, 
of diseases and complications that arise from foods wrapped in the various plastics. The worst of which, of course, um, is the cling film, what we call cling film, which is actually um, P- which is just polyvinyl chloride, which is uh, a PVC. Uh, it's, it's probably the most dangerous plastic. Um, in fact, Greenpeace has actually noted that it is a carcinogenic, and we wrap our meats, we wrap our food, we wrap our fish, we wrap our children's sandwiches in it, and it just leaches right onto the food. Well, I know a lot of people even put it over things that they're going to microwave. Oh, God, I, I shudder at the thought of that. Oh. When you combine microwave, which is heating up with those molecules, with the food that you're about to ingest, it's absolutely terrifying because polyvinyl chloride, it is, as I said, the most toxic of, of all the plastics because it has so much plasticizer in it. And the plasticizer, which is, which is what is used to make it soft, is just basically um, the, uh, the, the, the phthalates. The phthalates are the things, the PBA, the, poly, the biosphenol A, mm-hmm. is, the, is the estrogen uh, mimicker, which, which causes all these um, genetic mutations and, mm-hmm. carcin- and cancer in men and women. Well, and, and you know, we've talked with... Of, uh, of Go Green Radio to Healthy Child, Healthy World, and they were talking about some of the, the effects of these types of toxins um, on children being so much more toxic than even on adults because their bodies are growing, much more metabolizing so, yep. differently. What, what can you tell us about that? Well, that's very true. Um, it, it is affecting children and, and uh, infants a lot more than it affects us. However... Having said that, and I'll get back to a very interesting point that they did, they did uh, a, cr- a cross-sample blood test of Americans, and 97% of Americans have, have biosphenol A, PBA, in their bloodstream. Wow. Which is a phenomenal amount of people. So, and that being a carcinogenic, a cancer-causing element, we all have it in our body. And in this day and age, it's very hard to actually, um, to, to actually get away from ingesting it because... For example, and a lot of people don't know this, all the canned foods that you eat, those cans are lined with biosphenol A, with a plastic. Really? Because, of course, you know, they don't want the cans to rot from the inside and, and, to go, and the rusty metal to go into the food. So those cans are lined with a plastic which contains BPA. Wow. Wow, really makes the case for, you know, organic. Organic and eating growing. naturally and going and buying your vegetables fresh. And if they're not organic, just wash them thoroughly. Um, yeah, absolutely, and, and steer away from, from, from canned foods. As convenient as they are, um, I grew up with four, four sisters, and my mother still puts together you know, a meal just as quick without using canned goods, just from scratch. It's, once you get it down, it's, uh, it's just a question of, uh, of you know, teaching yourself. It's very possible. It's absolutely possible. And I know that last year when you talked about this, um, you know, you had everyone's undivided attention, but you gave us some great alternatives, uh, like, for instance, using wax paper instead of cling wrap for That's sandwiches. That's right. That's right. I mean, wax paper was the age-old uh, solution for storing food. You just take some, take some wax paper and, you know, you put that around your food and you put that into the refrigerator. Or, you know, alternatively, you can, you can even just get little glass bowls and put them in bowls and things like that. Mm-hmm. What, what you really shouldn't do is... is there's another plastic which is highly toxic, and it's, oddly enough, they, they've taken it off the market, but it was what baby bottles were made of, mm-hmm. which is the polycarbonate, 
which is that hard plastic that you get your your big, um, you know, the the Arrowhead and all these water companies will deliver water in these big carbonate bottles. Well, these, after time, when they're washed, and the Nalgene bottles, for example, they've all been taken off the market because these have been found to leach the uh, the BPA, the biosphenol A. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there are alternatives, but if you do have those those polycarbonate bottles, don't throw them away. Rather, use them for storage. You store your pennies or your pins or your nails or whatever. Just just find another use for them rather than a food a food usage. Right, and I know that a lot of moms in my world, I live in the, the soccer mom world, um, there was a point in time a few years ago when we would wash those out and have the kids reuse their water bottles, but not anymore. We, we know better. That's right, that's right. And, and, and heavens forbid that you stick it in the microwave to, to warm something up and then let them drink out of it because you're really adding insult to injury by doing that. Well, and we talk about, you know, the fact that these plastics, like plastic beverage containers, you know, water bottles and whatnot, end up in the landfill and they stay there. You know, they're not going to decompose. Besides the fact that they're taking up space and they'll never decompose, what, what's the health risk of having them sit in a hole in a landfill? Um, well, that, that's another very good question, too. And, and, and since plastic really has only been around since the really into production since the 60s, and, and it has about a thousand-year degrade cycle before it really breaks down into tiny, tiny particles. It's photo-degradable, it's, it's photo, um, which means mm-hmm. once it's in sunlight, it tends to break down. But the fact of the matter is there's 450 billion pounds of plastic produced oh. a year, and none of it's going away. So it's going into a landfill. Uh, another, another way of what they're dealing with it is they are actually incinerating it. And <clears throat> that's almost worse because what that does instantaneously is when, when plastics are incinerated, they release dioxins. And so they take a lot of energy in the first place to incinerate and make go away. The dioxins, which are highly poisonous gases, are released into the atmosphere, which are then finding their way into clouds and rain and going back down onto the fields, the grasses, the cows eat it, and that cycle continues. The dioxins are highly carcinogenic, and so, of, of course, you know, incineration is not the answer. Well, and I know that, you know, incineration is, is an evolving technology. We've talked to folks um, in that waste energy field who's talked about, you know, of course, their preference is to have all recyclables pulled out of the waste stream, but mm-hmm. they do an awful lot to ensure that um, their emissions, which are monitored 24-7 by the EPA, you know, are within, you know, below healthy ranges mm-hmm. as prescribed by the EPA. But even still, we know that, you know, some of our older landfills, and this is particularly found, you know, on the East Coast, on the don't East have Coast, the New kind Jersey, of liners example, yeah. that, that they do here on the West Coast. And so anything that's breaking down can leach into the ground. Well, that's um, exactly what's happening, Jill, right now. With what, After the product, after incineration, you're left with, with 100, let's just say for sake of argument, 100 tons of, pl- of plastic is incinerated you're left with 30 tons, a third of it, in what's called fly ash. Mm-hmm. Now, that fly ash is highly toxic, and it's heavy metals, and it's all this, this stuff, which is basically the, the residual stuff that did, after you've cleaned a fireplace out, the ash that's in there. Now, that fly ash is put into containers, plastic containers, and then put into the ground. Now, the plastic that those are put into, after 20 years since that process has been started, 
particularly in New Jersey, that plastic is starting to leach now. Mm. So, um, so it's, it's a question of, you know, you burn it, you release a bit, you hide it, you stash it, and then ultimately you have to pay the piper. I think what needs to be addressed is, is to not create so much harmful um, packaging and, and, and plastics and things like that in the first place. Mm-hmm. Start it at the beginning of the chain, in yes, other words. exactly. Well, and I know that, that you have been developing some healthy alternatives, and we're going to be talking about that after the break. Um, you've actually got some, some great innovations to share with us, and we're looking forward to hearing more about that. So uh, will you join us after the break, Faber? I would love to, Jill. Okay, that's great. Well, folks, don't go away. We've got more with Faber Dewar. In just a few moments, we're going to be talking about some of the good news that he's bringing to us about alternatives to these harmful plastic containers. So we'll be right back with more Go Green Radio after this. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. And we're back. Bob from Scranton, you're on the air. Hi, Ted. Love the show. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Thanks, Bob. Is there a special someone out there you'd like to talk about? There is, Ted. I recently lost a very big part of my life. You'd been together a long time? Since college. This is for my belly, my paunch, my spare tire. I know we had some good times. God knows I'll never forget that night in Albuquerque with the burritos. It's never easy to lose something that's been such a huge part of you, Bob. Where'd the magic go? Well, I'd recently begun taking the stairs more and more instead of the elevator, and then we started seeing less and less of each other. One day... It was just gone. Small step number 67. Take the stairs instead of the elevator or escalator. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm your host, Jill Buck. I'm joined by Saber Dewar, the celebrity host of Trading Spaces on the Learning Channel. We are thrilled to have him. But today he's going to be talking to us about some exciting green business opportunities that he's been involved in that are healthier for us than some of the things that are currently on the market. And uh, I'm excited to hear more about that. Saber, welcome back to Go Green Radio. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, you have started a company with some healthy alternatives to bottled water, healthier than what we might consider normal plastic. Um, Tell us more about the company. Well, you know, it's a very – I'm going to go back in time a little bit before I started on the show Trading Spaces because um, a light bulb went off in my head, and I just knew that it was the direction I wanted to follow. My youngest sister lives in Umbria in Italy, and she grows olive oil out there. Uh, organic olive oil, and I was visiting her, and I saw a farmer down the road feeding scraps from a plastic bag to a pig, mm-hmm. and then he then proceeded to feed the bag, what I thought was a plastic bag, to the pig, <laughs> and I was absolutely dumbfounded. I was like, oh my God, the, the pig's obviously going to choke and die on this thing, <laughs> and my sister laughed at me, and, and she said, all the, all, the, all the shoppers, the little carrying bags in Italy are made of corn. They're actually made of a corn resin, which is called PLA, which is polyactic acid. So a light bulb went off in my head, and I was just like, I've got to get on top of this. I've got to take this to America. This is absolutely brilliant. So it just so happened that the factory, and this was in its infant stages of of, um, bioplastics, and it was a company called called Matter B. The the product is Matter B. Mm -hmm. And I uh, I was near their factory, so I went and met with them. And he said, oh, absolutely, you should, you should definitely go over to America, and we've got a couple of people over there dilly-dallying about with it. So uh, it, that was my first introduction with this amazing new bioplastic. And since that time, bioplastics have gone so far. In fact, we're into another generation. Actually, it's a third generation of pl- bioplastics. After the PLA, which is polyactic acid, there is now a PHA, which they're developing, which is just absolutely phenomenal, the, the properties and qualities of it. In fact, they've got some plastic bags that are coming out of um, the Asian market, which you can actually take after you, you take your shopping home in these bags and you run them in the sink under some like warm water and the bags just dissolve and go down the drain. Oh, you're kidding. Yep. They just become organic. It's just organic waste. Oh my goodness. Which to <laughs> I've me never is seen anything phenomenal. like that. Pardon? I've never seen anything like that. That's amazing. No, it's come such a far away. And and here's the thing. My, I, I formed a company called Zero Impact Packaging um, with, with the sole purpose of trying to create and trying to influence business and individual business people to change over seamlessly with, with price com- competitively to biodegradable packaging in their businesses, whether they're fruit farmers or whether they're uh, producing uh, a, a particular... Uh, toy item, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they need to wrap it, there are biodegradable uh, bioplastic solutions that will replace the traditional plastic solutions. And what I started, I started a, because, because of the amount of plastic bottles that I saw in the landfills, and that was really, really shocking me, I set about and I started up a, a company to create um, a bottled water in a biodegradable bottle. Mm-hmm. And there are two other bottled uh, plastic bottled uh, bioplastic bottled waters on the market right now in the world and I was very very excited to be the third player now unfortunately what has happened as all big business 
this, this is a rather sad tale. Um, the, the bioplastics, there's only one person in the West, in America, who are, who are making it, and they have the patent on this PLA, the polyactic acid. Mm. And I'm not going to name names because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but <laughs> basically they're the gatekeepers to any business creating plastic. Now, what's happened to them is they, they, they will allow or disallow people to partner with them. So after many, many uh, months of developing my bottled water and my pure source of water from Yellowstone National Park, and I went through all these great lengths with the labeling and, and the procedures of getting it going, I came up for my final business meeting with my business plan to these, these people. We sat down at a table, and they turned around and said, we can't allow you to partner with us. We cannot allow you to use our resin. Oh. And I was absolutely dumbfounded. First of all, I'd spent so much time and energy creating this. And the second of all, I thought, well, why in heaven's not? Right. And as it turns out, what's happening is big business, a.k.a. the oil industry, which is also the plastics industry, because remember, 10% of all oil produced and sent to America is used in the production of plastic. Really? Wow. There are 450 billion pounds of plastic a year made, a $50 billion a year business. And so they know the death knoll is coming. They can see bioplastics are just really grabbing a foothold aggressively, and they're going to take a big chunk out of this huge uh, golden egg that they've been sitting on, this goose that lays their golden egg. And pretty soon, traditional oil-based plastics will be replaced. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. And so ultimately what happened is, they, they disallowed me from using their resin because what had happened is the, the, the plastics industry is being pressured by the recycling companies. Now, the recycling companies are getting checks from the oil industry to say the plastic, the bioplastic bottles are tainting the recycling stream. The regular bottles of PET, which is the plastic, which right. are being recycled, cannot be, dis cannot be told apart from the biodegradable ones. And if the biodegradable ones end up in, that, in that, uh, that stream of recycling, it will taint that batch of plastic. Ugh. So on those grounds, they are trying to halt the advance of bioplastic. So let's, yeah, let's just keep the old technology in place. And, That's and, right. That's oh right. Because gosh. they're making money and, and they see that as a very, as a very logical move in order to to you know, continue their business and to disallow bioplastics. Well, I've heard, you know, and I remember you talking about this somewhat as well, that the plastic industry was talking about some kind of a, a semi-biodegradable plastic that was being developed. I, I don't remember the details, but what, what is the truth on that? Well, there is. There, that, that's a very good point because, you see, that's, that's neither fish nor fowl because what it is is they're taking plastic molecules it's regular polyethylene tetraphthalate, which is plastic. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're putting, they're putting something in that plastic, which helps it to degrade quicker. Now, what that, in, in essence, does is when that plastic does go into the landfill, it breaks down quicker. But ultimately, it's very, very harmful because those, micro, those microscopic pieces of plastic find their way into the food chain much quicker. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they're going into the vegetables, into the plants, into the food, into the animals, and it, hits, and it ultimately hits us as the uh, end user of the food stream much quicker. So it really is quite alarming that that, 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 that step is not being 
seen because it just seems if we can make the plastic go away, that's the answer. When in actual fact, that isn't the long-term answer because we're going to pollute the soil with microcosmic um, molecules of, of plastic, which will eventually end up in our food chain. So instead of, you know, you know, we look at a landfill, we would see these plastics go away, but what we're actually not seeing is shards of this plastic. Exactly. And that, that could actually, I mean, you know, a cow grazing in a field isn't going to eat a plastic water bottle. No, but it will, it will ingest these, 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 these microbes of plastic through, through eating it through the grasses and, and, the, and, the, and the foliage it eats. You know, I really think that, you know, this is the kind of thing that if more people knew about it, and I'm glad that Go Green Radio listeners are getting to hear about this, but I really feel like if this became a, a you know, more mainstream topic of conversation, um, you know, you, you get child advocates like PTAs and others um, working on these issues. This just wouldn't be allowed. Um, I know, I know, Jill, and, I, and for the life of me, I don't know why it's not happening. But, of course, it always goes back to the fact that it's big business and big money that, that are putting a stopper on it. Um, but it's in everyone's interest um, to, to really pay attention and to educate themselves on this matter because, it's, you know, oil is a finite, uh, it's a finite resource and we're running out of it and there's going to be more and more competition for it. But what's ultimately happening, too, is now we are tainting, we are tainting everything else with the oil. So, ultimately, the very thing that we survive on, which is our food and our water, is being tainted and irreversibly damaged, um, wow. which which would lead me very interesting to some water um, I, some water businesses which I've been talking about because mm-hmm. of the fact that I couldn't proceed with my biodegradable water business. I have some other water ideas, and I'd very much like to talk to your listeners and let them know what I what I feel about that because absolutely we'd love to hear it. This is a font of great information, but before we do that, Faber, can you share with us? You know, for our listeners who want to hear more about mm-hmm. this or read more about this, where can they go for information? You have some fascinating facts and figures, and I know that our listeners are going to want to check out, you know, more. Where can they find information that's credible on these topics? Well, what's very, very interesting is, um, which is what I've done, is, is um, there are some websites, and my, my computer laptop is right by me, but it's not powered up. But what, what you can ultimately do is you can just you can just use a search engine such as Google and just, and just Google biosphenol A or just Google um, um, perhaps uh, landfills. And then, and then you could just, like a detective, just, just click and search and click and search and find your way back to the source. And there's, there are tons of articles buried in scientific journals which really people don't want people to know about. But I've mm-hmm. got on my laptop tons and tons of articles written by by uh, chemists and doctors from Germany and Japan. By the way, Germany and Japan are the leading experts on these and, and the damages caused mm-hmm. by plastics. And, and we're uh, going to talk about this more after the break. Faber, will you join us for the last segment of Go Green Radio? This is just too good to stop. I would love to join you. I'm just getting warmed up, Jill. Wonderful. <laughs> well, we'll be right back after this break with more Go Green Radio. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are joined today by my guest, Faber Diwar. Um, many of you know him as the leading man on Trading Spaces on the Learning Channel, but today he's talking to us about some very important issues that, will, that are really going to help us understand how our health is affected by some of the environmental health hazards out there. Uh, and he's going to be talking to us in this segment about some projects he has going on to keep our water clean and to provide clean drinking water. Faber, please tell us what you have going on in that arena. Well, it was interesting, Jill. As I said in the in the previous segment of your show, I I was basically um, I was basically kicked out of producing um, a water which was going to be in a biodegradable bottle to mm-hmm. the American market because of the powers that be in big business. But uh, so so I've turned my attention towards. Um, trying to find out a way, for, for example, why do all Americans and most Western people drink bottled water? And, and the reason being, when surveyed, I think the statistic is 78% of Americans say they would never drink their own tap water. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a fundamental truth that I find absolutely shocking. First of all, I can't see why the government, I think it's part of our inalienable right to have clean water in our homes. I mean, we pay taxes, of course, our roads are fixed, but isn't water one of those things that they really should just get right? Now, the fact of the matter is that tap water contains over 50 carcinogenic chemicals, mm-hmm. as, well as, um, as well as toxic chemicals which are, which are coming through the groundwater from people taking medication. It's pharmaceuticals which are leaching into our water source. Well, and you know what, Faber, not to interrupt, but just to let you know, um, this one of the schools that will be named our Go Green School of the Year is Pontiac High School in Illinois, mm-hmm. and they have students who have created a project to remove uh, pharmaceuticals from the waste stream and from the water stream in their area, and we're going to be looking, and maybe this is something you'd want to help us with, we're going to be looking to replicate their efforts nationwide to really put together a great program. That's absolutely wonderful. I'm so pleased to hear about that. 
Here's the thing. So few people understand how urgent the situation is. And, and while I've just got this few short moments on, on your show, I, I would like to say this. All of the listeners who are listening right now, if they could, please stop buying bottled water because for 60, I think 60% of the bottled waters, they've, they've found actually there are pollutants and um, E. coli and, and various other t- waters are tainted with stuff. So you're not getting the, the real, it's municipal water. 60% of the water you're drinking is municipal tap water that you're drinking anyway, which is just filtered. Here really? is my suggestion, and I implore you to really look into it. Buy yourself a reverse osmosis unit. A reverse osmosis unit sits underneath your sink. There's a little spigot that comes up through your kitchen surface. You can buy one for as little as $100 um, from Home Depot or someplace such as that. Basically, what that does is it has a semi-permeable membrane, which forces the water through, and it is 99.9% pure water that comes out of there. So it's taking out all the chlorine. It's taking out all of the heavy metals, it's taking out all the pharmaceuticals, it's taking out all the, all the bacterias and, uh, you know, the organic uh, things, which, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people around the world are getting sick from drinking tap water, and a, a great number of them are dying. Mm-hmm. So that would be my suggestion with, with the water situation, because, as I said, I, I, I think it's absolutely shameful that we can't drink our own water out of our taps in our homes. Well, I mean, agreed. It's, it's one of the foundations of a standard of living. You know, you, you need clean water, clean air, clean soil to grow your food in. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that we take for granted, I'm afraid. That's right, and we take it for granted that it is clean, when in actual fact it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it's funny, you know that I've been involved in, you know, some politics here and there, and, and folks will always sort of off at people who run for their local water boards, but in fact, they're the ones with quite a lot of power uh, to ensure that our, our water supplies in our local communities are, are clean. It's not always the big state, you know, congressmen and senators that are dealing with this. It's the people who run for their local water board. That's right. It's, it's, it, can be, it can be as little as little a person as that in the grand scheme of things. That's very true. What, they, what, what's yeah. interestingly, Jill, Jill, is that there are in, in, for example, in, in France, in southern France, since the 1920s, they've been using a water purification method known as ozonation, which is just putting ozone through the water. And, and so they don't have to put chlorine in the water. And now chlorine is a very, very toxic chemical. We put it in the water that we drink. Now they say it's, it's, a, it's not at a, at a, you know, a critical level, but, but those are the water people telling you that. And as far as I'm concerned... Chlorine in drinking water is, is just, you're just adding a poison to the drinking water that you bathe in and that you, and that you drink every day. Well, and you wonder, you know, what the alternatives are. Of course, we all know from American history that, you know, our, our water used to, you know, be very, very sludgy and dirty, and, and it's mm-hmm. certainly better than it used to be. But it sounds as though if we were to, to look to other places or other technologies, we could improve it even more. No, absolutely, absolutely true. And, I, and again, I think we've got all so smug with ourselves and we've got all so complacent with, with checking and, uh, and we've just sat back and, we, you know, we, we're, all, we're all very complacent in this wonderful world. I mean, America is the greatest, greatest nation in the world and, and we're all so complacent. We just figured that we turn on the tap and it's going to be good. We, we're, you know, but what you're not realizing is that the skullduggery that goes on at higher levels mm-hmm. uh, of, of people in the water business. I mean, it is a business. 
It, it, well, certainly. I mean, it's a commodity. Faber, you know, you are, you're a TV star. You, you have a great family and a life in L.A. Why do you work so hard on green issues? I mean, you know, why is this so important to you? Well, you know, my, ever since I was a little boy, my mother was uh, a very, um, a very formed, she, she really formed the person I became, and she was, she was, doing organic food and all this stuff way before it was even popular because she knew that there, there's, just, there's just all this stuff going on. So it, it, I've kind of taken the bull by the horns. I, I don't know. It's probably going to end in ruin for me. But um, I, I just think that if I, if I can just, just tell a few people and, just, and make their lives better and, and make them healthier, then, then I'm, I'm fulfilling what I'm here to do. So... Um, I, I just know about it, and I'm just bursting at the seams to tell people about everything I know. Well, and, and I find that refreshing because, it, you know, it seems to come from a place inside you that cares about others. Um, and it, it's just, you know, it's great to see that kind of humanity out of L.A., quite frankly. You know, I just think that's pretty rare and pretty refreshing. And I'm so glad that you're here with us on Go Green Radio because I know our listeners appreciate that as well. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jill. Well, you've also done some things with uh, television shows that, that have um, dealt with environmental topics. You've done things other than trading spaces that dealt with environmental issues. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, we just got back from uh, doing six episodes in Kansas. A, um, a town out in Kansas called Greensburg um, was blown away last year by a tornado. Ninety-five oh, percent of that town was devastated, and so we did six episodes um, of, a, of a new show called um, "Making It Home Greensburg," and we helped six families in their journey building their homes. These families were brave enough to stay here, where the town was—it literally looked like Hiroshima. The town was just completely devastated, oh. and they decided; these brave souls decided to stay there and rebuild, which was, which was really, really a difficult and, and arduous thing to do, given the elements and, the, and the, you know, what they had to go through to stay, it would have been so much easier to leave. So uh, Doug Wilson and I, the designer from Trading Spaces and uh, moving on up, went out there and helped these six families and just had the most amazing time. We were rebuilding the town because the town is being rebuilt green. Oh, really? Uh, yes, yeah, they're, they're doing everything. And it's, it's going to be the green epicenter of America. Amazing. All the buildings, all the building materials, they're trying to create a sort of a a model town on which uh, the rest of America will try and follow suit. The school's in, entirely green, which is wonderful. It's all much usage of of natural light and photovoltaic, and it's just really, really. And you can go on go on the internet and find out more about Greensburg. And if you were to if you're interested in, in finding the, the building techniques that were used out there, it's oh, really uh, interesting Faber, story. you absolutely have to come back on and tell us more about Greensburg. I'm sorry that we don't have more time today, but this is amazing, and we thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio today. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Well, so uh, make sure you tune in next week, same time, same place, for more Go Green Radio.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.